Critical hit Punch All Nazis takes place in the early days of World War II and combines high adventure with cosmic horror. All dates, locations, and historical events are thrown out the window in order to create a fun story, so don't put too much thought into historical inaccuracies. All accents are done poorly, but with love, and no disrespect is intended. Last time on Critical Hits. I think we better admit that we were lost, otherwise this could turn into an international incident. No way that the Germans were messing around a bit with the supernatural, reanimating the dead. He turns his head and he locks eyes with Valentino. And suddenly Captain Harris is like, we got a yeep! Looks like you have your mission. Good luck, gentlemen. Welcome to the Secret War. And he slowly fades from the room. <laughs> what? You've had a short night of rest or an early morning of rest, and you are all getting ready to go to Brussels. Uh, one of the first things that you need to do is put on some civilian clothing. So why don't we go around the uh, little barracks area, the little sleeping quarters that you are in, and why don't you describe yourselves and what kind of civilian clothes you are w- wearing? Uh, let's start with Blisco. Some um, general uh, denim pants, uh, white undershirt, and uh, probably a flannel top. Okay. Any hat or anything? Uh, no. Okay. What do you look like? Describe your character again. Yeah, a little below average. Dark hair. Captain, a military cut. Fairly yeah. nondescript guy wandering around uh, Northern and- Europe. An age-old farmer's tan, or are you fairly light-skinned? Or uh, farmer's tan. Okay, and it's pretty dark, or no, no, uh, not particularly dark. Uh, just clearly spends more time out in the sun than not. Okay, all right. Uh, let's take a look at uh, the the hubba hubba of the group. Nathan Valentino Braxton. Yeah, I think uh, Nathan's pretty much dressing down for this situation. Uh, just uh, some dark slacks, uh, probably a nice uh, grayish sweater. Uh, probably thinking like some kind of like sort of newsboy cap. Okay, all right. Uh, he's uh, blonde-haired, chiseled features. Uh, as you mentioned, a fairly fetching-looking fellow. Apparently just kind of trying to get all of his stuff together, ready to go, seeing uh, where's the best place he can holster a pistol and have it nicely concealed. Uh, so trying to uh, to dress down than what you normally would. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, what about uh, Carlos Arbogast? Uh, are these my clothes or are these clothes that they have around here? These are civilian clothes. So my guess is you guys don't carry civilian clothes with you when you go out yeah. on maneuvers. So I think this is whatever they have, like a they probably have a wardrobe area because they probably have a lot of people coming in and out that may need yeah. a change of clothes. Uh, you remember uh, Section M is a secret organization. So unless there's a need for them to be visible military so like the uh, captain harris that you met uh he still wears his military garb uh the brigadier he still wears his military garb but most of the people especially ones that you believe are ones that are going out into the field are 
just dressed in regular street clothes. But okay. they have a wide selection. So, you know. Okay. Um, fancy yourself up if you like. Yeah, I think uh, Dutch is going to try to find uh, some uh, somewhat pleated pants, uh, like a like a boating shirt, right? Like a okay, like a white shirt with some stripes and like a dark collar. It is October and after Labor Day, so you can't wear white. Oh, I can't wear white. Okay, no. is it is it Labor Day in is it Labor Day in uh, Europe? Okay. I don't know. It's it's May, I think, is uh, uh, Labor Day, right? Yes. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, never mind then. He'll find some uh, like gray pleated pants, some okay dress shoes, uh, white shirt, like white button up shirt, and uh, some decent suspenders, and then a like a gray uh, overcoat or like a, a blazer. Okay, and then probably a hat, um, and uh, you know he'll he will take with him a hat and a trench coat as well. All right, very good. And what does Dutch look like? Uh, Dutch is average height. He has uh, kind of olive skin. He has always kind of kept his hair like slightly longer than. Uh, you know, the like a regulation buzz cut so that he can actually style it. Light colored eyes, um, you know, thick eyebrows. Okay. Uh, easy going. Cool right. suspenders now. And then uh, finally, we have uh, Doc Helias. I, I okay. I I don't like to do this, but I want to give you an actor solely. So that you can kind of picture uh, the the general physicality, the skin tone and hair color. Do not in any way picture Adrian Pimento from Brooklyn Nine Nine, other than a man of roughly that size, with the the sort of you know the the brown olive skin and dark hair. Right. I am picturing a Pimento. Right. Picture a Pimento. Picture Victor Mature. Um, be, because he's kind of a, an intellectual, uh, you know, the long hair guy, except not literally long hair because you don't have long hair. It's 1939. Uh, Doc has managed to find a nice herringbone coat with a little four button, uh, like, uh, vest underneath. I forget what they call them back in the day. It's, yeah, it's basically a, a three piece suit that you'd see a guy walking down the street in. Uh, he hates it. But it comes with a bowler hat because he's undercover. And of course, you know, you got the watch chain. There's no watch. There was just a watch chain just to hang in there. So he's trying to hide the fact that he has no watch and trying to be undercover. Um, honestly, if you look at uh, Doc Hillian, you would not in any way think him unusual except for the fact that he got the crazy eyes. So he could be a handsome man from certain angles. You know, kind of not Back. too tall. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you catch him when he's like in a resting face, you're fine. But then he looks at something and he gets the crazy eyes. And you're just like, what? what's what's with the crazy eyes, Doc? But okay. yeah, if, if you see him from a distance, he just looks like a guy in a hat and a coat wandering around looking at stuff. Um, he tries to keep shaven, but usually about 2.30 or 3, he has that... You know, that uh, blue shadow 
that comes up because he grows dark hair very quickly. Crazy eyes and scruffy is sounding a little Manzuka-y to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but he does not have the crazy beard and the crazy hair. So imagine the crazy eyes and sort of a Manzuka's skin tone, but also someone who, if you saw him having dinner on the Titanic, you'd think, oh, there's a second-class passenger with crazy eyes. Nice. All right, so after you are dressed, you need to head down to the armory uh, because they need to do a weapons check with all of you. Okay. All right. Okay. So sure. you show up, and you're in an armory, and of course it's it's filled with guns of all shapes and sizes. Some of them look a, a little exotic, and some of them looking very normal and average. Uh, for those of you that are familiar with guns, which I'm going to bet most of you are, um, yeah, you can spot your some of your favorite weapons. You can spot weapons that you've heard about. Uh, this is a, a pretty well-stocked armory for for Section M. Oh, hello, boys. Uh, we did have to confiscate your rifles uh, last night. We will be holding on to them for you uh, until you are needed. But as you are going out into uh, the civilian world, we are suggesting that you take a handgun at most. So is there a handgun that you all have decided that you would like to have? Um. I would be I would be fine with something like our old uh what are they called M M19s. Mm. Ah, yes, uh, a fine pistol, a uh, fine pistol for what you are doing. Uh, does everybody want that weapon? Yeah, I think that's what I'll stick with as well. If you, if you don't have one that shoots lightning, that will be fine least. with me. <laughs> I think that at this point uh, a lightning gun in your hands would probably not be uh, the best idea. But we can give you a, a, a regular handgun. Here you go. And so you basically get back the handguns that you had last night. Yeah. The armorer looks at, at uh, Bug Eater and says, you, you look like a rugged individual. Yeah. You look, like, you look like you can handle yourself. And from the wall, he takes down a weapon that is very familiar to anyone who has watched a gangster film. It's a Thompson submachine gun. Yeah, see, we're taking over this town, see? He hands it, he hands it uh, to you, Blisco, and says, um, be careful. It uh, does fire quite rapidly. The accuracy is not great, but uh, in a pinch, uh, this might, uh, might come in, in handy. One word of warning, though. You should keep it out of sight. We don't want to panic the people of, the, of uh, Belgium uh, right now. And uh, we think that that might cause a little bit of uh, undue distress at, at this point. Oh, okay. So where do you guys, uh, so everybody has a handgun except for Rob who has a Thompson submachine gun or a Blisco who has a Thompson submachine gun. Where do you guys pocket your, uh, your handguns? Uh, yeah, I'll ask, I'll ask for a holster. That's okay, what I your, an underarm holster that we could put under yeah. our vest or something. Okay. Yep. Everyone is issued an underarm holster. Yeah. Including Blisco? <laughs> Including Blisco. Well, yep. does underarm Blisco still get a pistol? Gun. Yeah. He still has a pistol. Okay. okay. Yeah, he has a pistol and the Thompson submachine gun. But you are, you are again, reminded to kind of keep it out of sight. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, give him a Thompson submachine gun. Can we get, like, a violin case for it? <laughs> Trombone. The armor just kind of stares at you like he doesn't understand. Anyway, um, I'm told that you need a car to go to Brussels, so please go to the uh, depot and uh, check yourselves out a, a car. Toodaloo! Sure. You guys go down to the to the uh, vehicle depot, mm-hmm. yep. and they have all sorts of different vehicles here. You can see like military vehicles, like the ones that you rode in on the night before. 
Uh, you can see, you know, um, like a flatbed carrier. That's what they had that creature on as they were bringing it in. You see some military jeeps, uh, but you also see a large selection of just everyday, ordinary car on the street cars. Is that an Alfa Romeo spider? It is not. Mm. Oh. So Blisco, can you kind of, uh, you want something again, you're undercover. Uh, is there something that, uh, you know, like a standard sedan, a color that you would, you would like? Preferably not red. Something darker. There's a dark brown color that, that, that they have. And they hand you the keys. And this car is large enough to comfortably sit uh, four people. You can sit uh, seat. Well, really, you could seat six in this thing. You can seat easily two in the front uh, and three in the back uh, very easily. It um, has you know windows. It has tires. It has, you know, sedan <laughs> engines in it. Uh, it also has a trunk. Uh, where you can put things if you so desire to put things out of sight. And they hand you the keys and say, please bring it back in good condition. Of course. So uh, you guys, uh, what do you guys do now? Are you getting in the car and driving out to Brussels where this address is? I guess. Unless there was anything. Um, Yes, the brigadier walks into the room. Oh, hello, boys. Um, Before you head out, uh, do you have any questions for me? Yes. Uh, But what your name was? Arbo guest, right? Right. Okay. What what question do you have? Uh, do we have any sort of uh, stipend? He kind of stares at you blankly for a moment, like I can't believe you just asked that question. <sighs> yes, yes. He reaches into his pocket and he comes out and he hands you each a five dollar bills, the equivalent of five dollars, whatever the local currency is. I don't care, listener. Look it up yourself if you want. But you have five. You have you have been given five monies. Five Belgian waffles. Are yes. we in Belgium? You are We're in going Belgium. to Belgium. Okay, it's probably a franc then. I, I don't care. You have five monies. I have. <laughs> it's a it's a Belgian franc. Um, Is there anything else uh, besides money? Yes. Uh, do you have a contact in Brussels, or how are we supposed to contact you once we figure out what's going on? Um, he gives you a phone number or writes it down or, you know, uh, rattles it off to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our main switchboard that you can call. It is very discreet. Uh, you can reach us uh, at any time. Unfortunately, we don't have uh, posts everywhere. We are still relatively small. This is our main headquarters in Belgium. All right. What are the limitations of our written? What can we absolutely not do? Uh, please don't start a war. Mm. Say please, someone. Please don't get caught. Say someone arises and perhaps they, uh, to use the vernacular, need killing. Will that be the proverbial stick in the mud? Let me put it to you, Americans, this way. Mm. We are at war with mm. Germany. Mm. We are at war with the Nazis. Mm. And if we have to fight them on the streets... If we have to fight them in the oceans, if we have to fight them in the air, we will do that. I see no need for you to kill an average bystander for no reason. But if it's a Nazi, although I don't know why you would find a Nazi in Brussels, then by all means, take them out. We found Nazis in the woods. In Germany. To be in Brussels? Yes, you guys are. You are part of the observational forces. Never mind then. 
Yes. And, and Matthew, yes, uh, you, you guys were in Germany. So yes, there were Germans in Germany. Okay. Well, that's a good place to look for Germans. I How yes. far has the German front progressed at this point in time? My history is uh, terrible. So again, uh, this is not an accurate depiction of history. This is our D20, uh, Earth D20 that we are doing this in. Um, at this point in my recollection of what has happened is that Germany has um, invaded Poland and mm-hmm. they have seized control of that. Um, and that is what caused uh, the British forces and its uh, colonies, the French and uh, all the other allies, European allies, to declare war against Germany at that point. Okay. Uh, there has at this point been no um, aggression outside of Germany and Poland and possibly, I don't, I, again, I don't remember, possibly some stuff into Hungary. But at, at this point, those are where the German forces are at in the real world. Czechoslovakia and the Sudetenland have been in again, that may or may not be. Th- part those of countries it. don't exist in earth D 20. Ah, right. What? Right. right. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. You guys have never been there. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to fight Germans. You're here to fight Germans. We're that in German, German town. Got it. You're not in German town, right? You are in Belgium. And Steven, once again, I agree with you. This is not a history course. This is a fun adventure story. It is a fun adventure story. Taking it place. Which is why I asked, can I kill people? Or rather, should I not kill people? Because once I mean, if you are one of those pacifists, and again, he kind of rolls his eyes. I don't know why you would be in the army. But if you don't want to kill a Nazi, then by all means, punch all Nazis. (laughs) And that's where everybody claps because the title has been. Ah, Title drop. Title drop. Any other questions? Oh, I think we're good. Uh, very well. Good luck again. Uh, try not to do, destroy anything or get yourselves into a bigger war. And good luck. Thank you. You guys get in the car and you have a map. I mean, you have a map of the region. You are probably an hour or two away from Brussels. That's Rodrigo, closer than I thought. You, yeah. Rodrigo, you said that you are from, uh, that you've traveled to Belgium before, right? Yeah. So you kind of know the area if if the map doesn't seem... 100% accurate. You could probably guide and assist. Sure. But I'm guessing, Blisco, you are driving, correct? Yep. Okay. Uh, what do you think about driving this fancy European car? Eh, a little different. Shouldn't be too bad. What, uh, where did you put uh, the submachine gun? In the trunk for right now, because... Okay. All right. It is in now, the trunk. Does the trunk have access to where we could, like, like some cars, you can flip down that yeah, like back open seat the seat. And grab what's in the yeah, trunk. I don't, I don't think the sedans had that okay. capabilities at that time, to be honest. I, I don't remember. Uh, I do know that some cars do have that capability, um, but uh, probably probably no at this point. So this doesn't have like a rumble seat? No, 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 no. This does not. Definitely does not have a, a rumble seat. Here, let me, uh, like let me a big give you loopy a van. Here you go. It has all the parts in the places where they need to be because, again, your spies, too much mm. bling, attract attention. Yeah, it's the German equivalent of an Oldsmobile. Uh, so Blisco is driving. Who yeah. is in the passenger seat, uh, front passenger I'll, seat? I'll take shotgun so I can navigate. Okay, and then there. who is sitting behind the driver? Uh, I suppose I'll sit behind the driver. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that leaves Matthew passenger side rear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so go ahead. If you guys want to talk about anything on your trip to Brussels, you have lost one member of your party to a horrible monster, and you have uh, seen one of your compatriots, one of the other members of your 
of your group kind of, I don't know, flip out something called a yif. And um, he's no longer there either. Any of you boys rethinking a stay in Kansas? <laughs> I mean, nah, no one wants to go to Kansas. Mm. That's one of the square ones in the middle. More or less. Mm. I'm more concerned about whatever that abomination was and whether there's more of them in our future. I mean, it sounds like there's more of them, period. So I feel like there's something supernatural going on, something strange. All this talk of the astrology and the strange mystical what have you. Yeah. And uh, Eisenhower disappearing in a puff of smoke. Oh, you didn't assume he was a wizard? I always assumed he was. I generally assume that all kings and rulers are some sort of wizard. It seems only natural. How else would you get to be in power? So let me ask you guys a real quick question here. Who, before the events of the night before, believed in any kind of supernatural? Like spooks and spirits and, and boogers and haints and all that stuff. Anybody? No boogers. How I mean, dare I you? Definitely got boogers up there. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, Doc definitely did. Okay, so you have some. Okay, Doc, so you you have Doc some. Seen some st- Doc has seen some stuff. Okay, all right. Um, anybody else? Uh, anybody else have like conspiracy theory stuff? No, Dutch. Uh, probably has some folk stuff. Like, yeah, okay, Dutch probably believes in ghosts because, like, his like the Mexican side of his family believes in ghosts. And it's, like, pretty common to believe in, like, ghosts, like, medicine men type stuff, like, faith healing, um, like, yeah, just, you know, like, exorcisms, things like that. So, and definitely a, like, like a Judeo-Christian, like, unexamined assumptions that he probably believes that there are angels and demons Mm-hmm. Just never expected to run into any of those. Um, but yeah, definitely has never like chased down any sort of supernatural thing. Just kind of was raised to believe in certain supernatural things like they're like real but mysterious, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What about secret society stuff? Uh, he, well... The only secret mm-hmm. society stuff he probably cares about is like like college ones that might have like good parties or whatever. Definitely okay. not any, you know what I mean. Definitely yeah, like or, skull or bones the, type yeah, stuff. Yeah, stuff that stuff that might get you ahead in business or whatever. Definitely not any sort of like Illuminati or like trying to raise some sort of strange creature out of a pit. Like that's not. He doesn't even fathom that there's societies that would try to do that, except, okay. you know, in the pulps, maybe. Okay. All right. All right. Continue. I'm just curious to see where you guys stood on that, because that may direct how you interact with some of the weird things that you've seen. The Leopard Society is absolutely real, but the Red Spear, mostly just hearsay. Uh, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, absolutely real. Uh the 16 club totally real uh freemason and you uh don't even get me you, started came across, you, you came across all this information in your practice as a pediatrician i've i've dabbled i've studied i've i've read things i mean 
Arkham is a is a remarkable, remarkable city with a remarkable school. And of course, if you know where to look in the library, you can find the most awe-inspiring thing there. What's crazy? So, you know, Opus Dei, of course, totally. That's You know anything about that weird book that Valentino found? Um it it felt like I may have seen I mean, I didn't get a good look at it, but bits and pieces of it looked like it. It looked familiar, I suppose. It looked it looked like, you know, I mean, well, uh, so a little maybe a little bit of clarification uh, from the from what you saw. You just saw a, a book. You right. didn't see anything in the book. You did see the stuff that looked familiar to you mm-hmm. was the uh, stuff that looked familiar, but you couldn't place it was the inscriptions on the bag that mm-hmm. the brigadier put the book into. Ah, ah, that. Yes, clearly. That's what I said. That's what I meant. Uh, maybe, well, maybe, maybe the work of the Philomaths. I mean, I, mm. I, I, I did get a good enough look to say for certain. And of course, after seeing the lightning guns and seeing, we have to come up with a name for that. Seeing whatever that was, that tornado of flesh was. Didn't they call it something? Yeah, that's Shoggoth. Yeah, that Shoggoth. And that's that's what bothers me is that it's not. You know, Shoggoth. It's a Shoggoth. Yeah, they uh, 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 didn't seem to be the first time they uh, encountered such a thing. Yeah, so we're we're really deep in it. I gotta say, under normal circumstances, if I heard somebody go for an hour the way that uh, Doc has, mm. um, I would buy them a drink and then introduce them to someone else. Um, but. Uh, I don't know. Whatever, uh, hmm. whatever anybody knows about the occult, I think we might need it. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess we have to pay more attention. And uh, Bug Eater, you're gonna have to, uh, you're gonna have to get ready to use that third nipple, I guess. So, fortunately, you guys are just now arriving into Brussels, and it's fairly easy to navigate. It is kind of mid-afternoon uh, that that you uh, hit the out uh, the outskirts of the city. And then as you approach, it takes about another 30 to 45 minutes for you to find the address that uh, that was uh, written down. Uh, you pull down to a kind of like a, it's not quite a residential street, not quite a, a, a business street. It's just a nice little neighborhood. There are shops on the street. There's a grocer. There's a deli. Uh, there's a small coffee shop where a few customers are sitting, drinking coffee and chatting, reading the newspaper. There's a young ginger-haired man uh, writing in his notebook. Uh, there's a white dog at his feet. Uh, the afternoon, it's still relatively partly cloudy. The remnants of last night's storm are still hanging around. The clouds are still hanging around in the air. Uh, the trees are along the street are laid into the fall colors with lots of reds, yellows, and oranges, with you know the occasional browns uh, dotting the, dotting the street, uh, you know, falling onto the streets, the wet pavements. The streets are still very wet this late in the afternoon as the people go about their business. There's a newspaper stand at the far end of the street, and the address that you pull up, I'm guessing, pull up in front of, is a bookstore in an older, unassuming building roughly midway down the street. The sign above the door, the si- sign above the door says Librerie de Arcanas in an elegant script. There are random occult symbols painted above the sign. It used to be a very bright gold, but it has since faded with age. The windows are dusty, making it really hard to see inside. Hmm. 
And this is the address? This is the address. Okay. And it's is it is it in fact Monday? Uh, no, actually, it today is, uh, I believe it's Wednesday. We probably have a few days. Um, how do you guys want to play it? You want, I can, I can come down, I can walk in and, and try to talk to someone there and get a general feel for things. Hmm. We should be careful. I mean, the name is literally Mystery Book, which implies that they may be involved in whatever fantasma has been going on. Oh, I was going to ask if either of you could read that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Library, of, Library of the Arcane. It's Latin. Mm. It's French. That's French. French, Latin. <laughs> yeah, Rudger, uh, uh, Dutch can read this very easily. The Library of the Arcane. Yeah. Or the Arcane Library. Well, it's derived from Latin. Uh, let me, yes, let me, uh, let me go in there and see if I can talk to the proprietor and get a feel for something. One of you want to come with me? I think I do. Okay. Uh, why don't you guys stay in the car for now in case there's trouble? Yeah, I'll stay here. Okay. I mean, is the coffee shop in eyesight? It's within eyesight, yeah. And there's a lot of people milling around. Uh, by all, by all means, get yourself a cafe. Well, I was just wondering if that'd be more nondescript. Might be. Sure. Does, does the ginger lad have kind of pointy hair? I mean, it's a weird haircut. Hmm. He's wearing a trench coat. Interesting. He's writing in a notebook. Let's go into this bookstore. Okay, so who is who's going where? Who's going into the bookstore and who is staying in the car and who's doing what? So, Rodrigo, you are going in. I'm sorry, Dutch, you are going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going into the bookstore. Doc is going in. Yes. Uh, Bug Eater is staying in the car. Yep. And Valentino? Uh, If Bug Eater's going to stay in the car, I'll stay there as well. Okay. So two of you stay in the car and two of you uh, head into the bookstore. Uh, Who gets out of the car first? Uh, I will. Okay. Uh, Rodrigo, please roll an insight plus observation difficulty of one. Yeah, you rolled a three. That is outside of your... That's one point outside of your observation, which would have given you... Uh, two successes on that, uh, but you do get a success on that. And as you step out of the car and you look at these dusty windows and these arcane symbols all over the the sign above, down in the lower corner of the window that is furthest from you, you see a very faded and very small circle with a cross on top and a dot in the middle. You said it's faded. Is it on the window? It's, yeah, it's on the window. It's super, super faded. Okay. Dutch will just uh, push the doors open. Okay. Or one of them. So Dutch and Doc uh, go inside, and a bell above the door rings as you enter the bookstore. There are rows upon rows of books. Uh, The light that's coming through the dusty window illuminates the first row of shelves, but the room gets progressively darker the further back the store goes. You see some lights flickering above uh, the back, creating pools of light in each row that seems to extend forever. I now need Doc and Dutch to make a will plus resilience test D1, okay. difficulty of one. So if you don't want to do what Rodrigo's using, you can certainly just roll whatever your will plus resilience is. So I roll a D20. 2D20. It's a R 2D20 less whatever your will plus resilience is. Okay. Okay. So Rodrigo got a success. Okay. And Matthew got three successes. Three successes. Okay. So Ooh. you guys get two momentum here. Uh, the store's very musty. 
uh, which means that many of these books have been sitting here for a very long time. Matthew, why don't you describe the smell of a musty bookstore? It's somewhere between dirt and something rotting, but not an unpleasant sort of rotting smell, sort of a warm, earthy smell like somebody's cooking turnips. Occasionally, uh, you'll pass by a book and it has a very sharp smell and they're like, that's bad. And sometimes it's just sort of a comforting sort of, oh, this is nice. It's like it's like grandma's root cellar back home. Yeah, you smell all of that in here. Uh, when you're looking around, uh, the first glance, the books closest to the door, you can see copies of Dante's Inferno, Paradise Lost. There's a very dusty copy of Faust there. Uh, another row have books on spiritualism. Another row has books that look like serious discussions on the on the tarot. There is, of all things, a children's section that has books on North mythology, the Knights Templar, Winnie the Pooh, magic tricks for children, and of course, Mary Poppins. And near the front of the door, there's a large counter with a stack of books on it. Some are open, some are closed, but it's really mess. It's it's really a jumble. Uh, there's also a large cash register there. Does anybody come out when we come in? Uh, not yet. Yep. Just try to look around, see if there's anything out of the ordinary. And like Dutch is not very good at this because he's not any sort of like magic guy. Yeah. So like the the book section, the occult book section in like a B Dalton or something. Uh, Uh, Just imagine original first copies of these. Some of them very old, some of them relatively new, but it's definitely magic stuff, witchy stuff, uh, spiritual stuff, demon stuff. Is it, is it all in French or is it like Uh, various languages? Okay. It's, it's a mishmash. You can tell that this is a used bookstore that if somebody was really looking for, uh, mm-hmm. old texts on something or just looking for a rare find they might find a first edition here of something uh but uh you know it's just it's it's used books and then you hear a shuffling sound from way on into the darker area of the store and you see a dark shape moving towards you and with each step there's a loud clunk followed by a dragging sound so you hear this sh- clunk sh- clunk sh- clunk closer and closer. Shh, clunk. Finally stepping into the light is an elderly man. He has a full head of white curly hair and bushy sideburns. He's got a small pair of spectacles sitting on the bridge of his nose. He's got a smock over his pot belly. And it's obvious by the way that he was walking that he has a false leg. Hmm. Hmm. Hello, gentlemen. May I help you? I was just looking around, but... uh it occurs to me that a friend of my father's is really interested in uh, occult things, especially, you know, Teutonic things. Mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we have a fine selection up here at the front of the store. And he starts oh. handing you a couple of books. Uh, this, um, this is a very old copy of a book that was handed down by the Duke. Oh, the Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do, he looks at both of you. And he's really sees this wide eyed guy with this four o'clock shadow, probably more like a six thirty shadow. Hmm. Um, um, do you have money? Ah, we do. We, yes. we have some money, sir. This is all in like I'm talking to him in French. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yes, he's speaking in French. Don't don't worry, my friend here. Uh, he is um, 
He is uh, just starting to experience the wonders of Belgian coffee and has, uh, has perhaps had a little bit too much. Oh, we oui, so very good. There's a cafe across the street. You should go check it out. We were, we were thinking about it. Um, let me... Uh, I would hate uh, to buy something that uh, my father's friend already has. Uh, so let me, uh, let me place a call, um, and we might be back later on this week. Uh, what are your hours? Oh, we are open regular hours. 9 a.m. Yeah. till 5 p.m. We are closed noon to 2. All right. So outside, we're going to cut away for a moment. Outside, we're going to, um, to the people who are sitting in the car. You have the windows down, Blisco? Probably. Okay. It's, it's nice. I mean, it's, it's one of those oddly warm late October days where there's a, a nice breeze that is coming through. You're listening to the tweeting of some birds in the trees. You can hear the sounds of passing cars. Uh, the white dog at the cafe gets up and it barks at birds. And, and then the young man gives him a little bit of a, of his role. And then the, the point, the dog kind of curls around and lays back down. Uh, you can hear a streetcar down the street rumble, rumble by. And then after a few minutes of enjoying this peacefulness, a large black sedan pulls up in front of the car that you're in and three men get out. The first is a big broad shouldered man. He stands well over six feet tall. He's got a black suit and it's busting at the seams to contain his bulk. He has glasses. He's got a very small mustache. And then the second man that comes out is shorter. It's clear that he's the older of the two. He also has a mustache and glasses. He's got a long coat that hangs over his, his frame very loosely. And he is wearing a bowler hat. And then there's also a third man that gets out. He's wearing a black suit. He's of average height and average build. He's wearing a black fedora. He is clean shaven. He does not go into the store. He stands at the driver's side door with his hand hanging through the window, resting on something inside. He is smoking a cigarette and he gives you a look and he kind of just gives you a, a little short wave. Hello. Give him a nod. Uh, while a, I nudge. So we cut back to the inside of the store and the bell above the door rings as two men enter. You both, uh, I guess, turn to see who's entering Rodrigo and um, Matthew. Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, you I'll, see I'll look over. You see a, a thin man. He walks in first. He's in his mid to late forties. Has a mustache, glasses, long ca- uh, cloak. I'm uh, sorry, long coat hangs loosely on his frame. Uh, wearing a bowler hat, and then behind him comes this big, broad-shouldered man, and he stands again, six feet tall. His black suit is just bursting. He's got all these muscles. Um, also, glasses and a small mustache. Oh, my, today has become very busy. Uh, excuse me for one minute, gentlemen. And the man steps over to the others. Um, can you both roll me a about an insight and observation to see oh. if you can hear what's being said? Insight and observation. Does my bonus damage come into play? No, that's for No, that's only weapons. for attacks. That's only for attacks. I think I should have bonus noticing. You have two successes. You only needed one. That gives you another momentum point. One success. And one success for Rodrigo. So you both over here as the bookstore owner goes, um, good afternoon, gentlemen. What can I help you with today? Uh, interestingly, the big man is standing near the door. Um, his steely eyes are constantly scanning the room and he's checking you guys out up and down. And then you hear the thin man uh, speak. 
We are looking for Carcosa. Okay, now everybody roll a reason and observation check. Uh, not the people in the car, just the two people in the... Uh... Everybody okay if I take a momentum to roll 3d20? Sure. You only need one success. Yeah, but I'm down to like 10, so I'll take a momentum. Okay. And All right. still one only success. get one success. All so right. there you go. So the bookstore owner, at the, minute, at the mention of the word Carcosa seems to be taken aback by the word that he hears, but he quickly recovers. Carcosa? Do you mean Carcassonne? I have some maps of the region over here. If you'll follow me, please. Nine hair riddle! You heard me! Carcosa! We want the location of Carcosa! I, I don't know what you're talking about. At that moment, the thin man grabs... The bookstore owner, he said Riddle, so we're assuming that his name is Mr. Riddle, mm -hmm. by the arm, flips over his wrists and says, Your markings say otherwise, eh, Luchin? He pulls a gun from his pocket and he points it at Riddle. At Dean's talk, we will have to take him and get the information we seek. The big man then pulls a gun from his pocket and points it at, at you two and says, Yeah, Herr Montauk. And at this point, Herr Dean's talk takes Riddle with the gun pointed at his head. And he exits the store while Herr Montauk points his gun at the party, at you guys, as he backs out the door and says, it would be in your best interest to forget everything you have seen here. And he exits the store. Wait, the man who had the gun pointed us exited the store? Yep, they both left the store. Following, drawing a gun. Are you doing the same, uh, Dutch? Yep, uh, but he'll definitely be like... Turning his profile and uh, staying behind Doc Hellion. Okay. We'll let him take point on this one. You come out of the store, or you come out of the bookstore to follow, and the minute you do, the third man, who's been having his arm inside the car the entire time, pulls his arm out, and he's got a machine gun, and he just sprays it at the building at you as you two are exiting. Ooh. Uh. Combat roll, Nagator. Two, two successes. So you guys are going to have to take. See how many, how much damage you guys take here. Uh oh. He just, I mean, you burst out of the store, and the first thing that happens, is this guy whips out a machine gun, and it's just, <laughs> and it's partly cover to keep you away. But this guy doesn't care if he hits you. Sure. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Ooh, eight, nine. Whoa. You guys, uh, because this is an, an inaccurate weapon. Um, I'm going to say that you guys only take four damage. You may be hit by a, a bullet or two. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll soak one of that. Okay. If you've got armor, that's great. You can soak some of that. If not, you're going to have to take some physical damage. Okay. Dean's talk just shoves hair riddle into the back of the car and climbs in Montauk takes the driver's seat and the third man just kind of continues to spray bullets all around the area. Uh, from the passenger side window as he, he climbs in and the car pulls away. Uh, did Dustin, the car have a chance to react to someone? Sure. Point? What would you like to do? I feel like I probably would have suggested the bug eater to uh, ram any of them. If you get a free That's shot. That's what my thought too. It was too. <laughs> well, like, uh, you're first going to have to start up your car. Ah. Please roll a coordination plus vehicles check. I also have a focus in cars, by the way. Okay. Wow. So what is your what is your focus uh, number in oh, vehicles? Okay. 5. Okay. So you get two successes out of that. <laughs> uh the car goes ahead and starts up. 
And um, uh, the car starts off without a problem. Um, are you going to just chase after them or are you going to wait for the other two to get into the car? Like, I, uh, I think it was going to ram them before yeah, they even that, that was... got in. Okay, you can try. So okay. what is the what is the ramming situation? So you're going to have to, as the they are piling into the car, you see these guys rushing out, piling into the car with your two party right behind you and a guy just pulls out a gun and just starts spraying the area with bullets. Um, my plan is to try and ram it so as I can get the guy to stop spraying the area where my compatriots are. You're going to ram their car? Yeah. Okay. Or the guy. Don't Whichever you seems man. easier at the time. Yeah, I don't, I think it, the car's pulled in right in front of you, so you're not going to be able to hit the man. Okay. Uh, there's little, there's little maneuverability with the car right in front of you. So you can try to ram it. Yes. Yeah. So in order to do a ram through, I guess this is part of a, a piloting check with the car. So you will need to roll coordination plus vehicles. This is going to be a difficulty of two. And if you want to ram the car, you will need to spend a minimum of two momentum in addition to any momentum you want to use to um, attempt to do the, the car maneuver. All right. Like you said, it's difficulty two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go ahead and spend a momentum to get an extra die, and then obviously the two momentum to do this. Okay. If you wanted to spend fortune, you might be able to as well and get like an auto one on one of those dice. Uh, it's just an auto success, isn't it? Not like it well, turns it's one of those dice to a one. So uh, it's automatic two successes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll do that instead of spending the uh, momentum for the extra die then. Okay. Uh, and I got three more successes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Five. Okay. Very good. Uh, yeah. You, um, you're like two feet from, from the car. Uh, yeah. So you put it into gear and you floor it and you ram into the car, which uh, catches the attention of the gunman. And he turns the gun and he sprays, uh, sprays your car mm. for one success. And so you should have a damage track for your car. Um, the damage track for your car is 14, Rob. Okay. He turns around and just sprays your your car with bullets. And the car takes one, two, three, four. Takes four damage. But you have three armor for the car. Yeah. So it takes oh, one so damage? It takes one damage. So a bullet, one ricochets off the hood. One goes through the front window. And because you and, uh, uh, you and Valentino are on the same side... It whistles right past you both and exits out the back window. And then, of course, uh, they spray you and uh, Montauk uh, floors it and takes off down the street. Uh, people are standing up in shock. You see the little gingerhead boy uh, stand up and uh, say something to his dog. And the two of them go running off down the street, kind of following in the direction that the that the uh, that that car went. Uh, Rodrigo, you could tell what language those two were speaking, right? Uh, probably. Yeah. What did it sound like they were speaking? Uh, probably Flemish. No, no, no. Not with a name like Montauk and Deanstock. And- oh, Montauk. Sure. And Deanstock. I thought you, I thought you meant the ginger kid. No, 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 no. I was like, yeah, he's probably yeah, the ginger kid would probably be speaking uh, Flemish. Yes. Yeah. Or, or French. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, the, definitely the Germans go tearing off down the street. Yeah. Yeah. So Rob has taken one turn already. The way a reminder is combat goes, everybody gets a turn. Uh, we'll just go back and forth for each time. In this case, everybody in the German car has already used their turn. 
So who would like to go next? Hmm, and, I, and I'm just going to assume that you guys pile into the car at this point. Oh, yeah. sure. If we can okay. pile on, pile into the car yeah. for free, then that's, yes, that, I will allow you to pile into the car as a minor action. How about that? How injured do we seem to be? Do I have to like do a full on check to see if we're, I mean, you took, uh, what did I say? You took four, four points of damage because mm-hmm. it was just spraying the area and you guys got clipped. Rodrigo got, you know, a couple of bullets. Does that go um, on stress then? Yeah, that goes on your stress track. Yes. Okay. And was our stress track entirely cleared? Uh, from the last time. So whatever your stress is, I yeah, think for you, um, you, your stress track isn't necessarily like how much meat you have. It's how much life you have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Matthew, it looks like your stress track of ten. You have stress track of ten. Okay. So you take four damage of that. And do we seem to have bullets embedded in us that need to be removed? I mean, these probably were like grazing kind of things. You probably got a, a shot in the arm. Uh, you probably got a uh, maybe uh, your hair parted a little differently. <laughs> the Jim um, Rockford clip across the forehead with the blood running down into the yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, well then I will, I will do the thing necessary to try and patch us up and see if we can get any patching. Okay. So, uh, that would be first aid. So are you going to do first aid on yourself or are you going to add, uh, are you going to try to aid, um, Dutch Dutch first? Okay. So for you, for you to do that, uh, first aid, you need to do an insight plus medicine D one, but because the car is moving mm-hmm. at a very erratic pace, uh, you need to do a D2 on this one. I'm going to use a bit of my threat and increase that to a D2. Okay. And this will take one point of stress away from Rodrigo. So insight plus medicine? Insight plus medicine, difficulty two. I think I can do that. Okay. All right. Oh. Two successes. Yep. So uh, you slap a bandage or a... Um, some kind of rag or something to staunch any, any immediate yeah. bleeding areas. Where did you get hit Dutch? Uh, probably the arm. Like, okay. uh, he was like shooting across. He probably got it in the right arm. Okay. As he was like, basically did this, this place have like some little like stair steps leading up to it. No, this was a right on the street kind of walk right in. Okay. Kind of building. Uh, yeah. In that case, Dutch probably actually jumped back inside the building. Just in time. The- yeah, when the shooting started, okay. so he got, he actually probably didn't actually get shot. He just, like, landed on a bunch of glass. Mm, okay. All right. So, uh, you got two successes. Matthew, uh, you can, or, uh, sorry, uh, Dutch, you may heal one stress for that first aid. And then who would like to go next? I have a vague idea of trying to climb out to the back to the trunk to get to Tommy Gun, but I feel like I'm the worst suited to even attempt such a thing. <laughs> Are you going to try and see if there's a, um, a way to, to open up that back seat. Yeah, and sure. Get into the trunk that way. Sure. Have to like yeah. Let's do a brawn. <laughs> let's do a brawn plus. Oh, darn it. <laughs> vehicles. Brawn plus a vehicles check. Oh boy. That's uh, yep. difficulty one. I am definitely terrible at this. Okay. Uh, take a momentum. Yeah, I think I'll take one momentum. You can take two if you want, but I'd have to take three. Four. I? Yeah. Yeah, um, sure. I will spend three momentum for two extra dice. Okay. Or I guess I could, well, yeah. Yeah, go for it. 
Yeah, go I was for thinking it. About focus, but let's see. You don't have a focus, unfortunately. Oh, you're talking about a fortune. You don't have a focus fortune. in vehicles. Oh, a no, fortune, I do yes. not. I don't have anything in vehicles, so no, I don't have a focus. Yep. <laughs> uh so i am rolling against a six uh we'll see with four dice hey, hey one, success. one success uh you yank on on the back of the seat and sure enough it kind of pops open a little bit and you notice that there's a, just enough of a cavity that you could probably reach back and uh grab the gun providing that the gun hasn't rolled back to the um to the back of, or to, uh, technically to where the opening of the trunk would be because um, uh, Bug Eater floored, floored the gun, or floored the uh, car, causing everything to lurch back a little bit. But you could probably reach in there and, and pull out the gun. Yeah, I'll start reaching in there. Okay. You now have a Tommy gun. So the only way, I mean, so you can use this, right? So at this point, enough time has passed that the German car is at medium distance from you. The Thompson gun is ideally best suited for close quarters. So yeah. anything outside of that range adds a level of difficulty to any skill test. And because everyone is going to be moving in a car, it's going to increase the difficulty by one more. So you have a difficulty rating of any, anything that you do uh, attempting to shoot at the other car while you're at that medium distance is going to have a D3. So it would be really great if you guys could get closer to that car. Right. And so I think that leaves Dutch. Let me get the machine gun. Du- Dutch okay, will... you're gonna take it. You're gonna take it from minor action to take it from. Uh, yeah, um, from Valentino. Valentino. Okay, it's all yours, man. And yep, I'll pop out of the passenger side, which is on the left. No, um, I believe it's on the right. It's the still Brit- on the right. They had. The, I think it. the Brits. The Brits are the. Yeah, the passenger side on the right. I think the Brits are the only ones oh. on the wrong side of the road. Oh, okay. At least Again, on D20. Earth D20. Yes, yeah. on Earth D20, that's the way it is. Yep. Okay. That's just the way it is. But you pop out the passenger seat and you're going to try to take aim at the car. Yep. And because the car is moving, that adds another difficulty. So in order to hit whatever you're aiming at, is going to cost, is going to have a difficulty ranking of at least three. Okay. Is it possible? For me to try to, like, because this has a stun uh, thing. Is it possible for me to try to stun the car? I know that's probably uh, pushing n- it, but. N- no, you can't. You can't stun the car. Stun when the you tires. Roll your, yeah, when, when you roll your damage, we will add any of the effects as an extra point of damage. Okay. In this. Because, yeah, you really can't stun a car. Especially when you're in the back of it. Now, maybe if you were... In the front of it, in front of the car, and you were to hit the engine or something, you could cause it to, uh, sure. you know, bust a pipe or something. But at this point, I, I, I think at the distance, you can only do damage to it. Okay. If that makes sense, if that's fair. Yep. I will spend a momentum to get my dice pull up to three. I like, I don't think that this is going to be super helpful, but it'll, it'll put some pressure on, I guess. Okay. Uh, so is it coordination and fighting coordination and fighting? Well, three successes, three successes. Congratulations. And one of those is a one, if I'm not mistaken. So, oh yeah. So four four successes. successes. Now, um, here is something that you can do. Rob, you, uh, can back me up on this. 
I'm going to say that the vehicle has exposed as an option, uh, meaning, uh, and that to me, that means that a top is down or a window is down or something is down and open or some person is exposed on the vehicle. Um, the third man is hanging on to the side of the car on the running board and firing back at you guys. So if you would rather use your, um, your attack to hit the man instead of the car, you can do that. Yeah, I guess I'll do that. I, I didn't realize that he was like outside of the car. Yeah, sorry. I should have explained that earlier. Is he hanging on the running board? That's okay. Yeah, he's hanging on the running boards, just shooting back, holding onto the side, shooting back at you guys. So for this, you can roll a four, four dice for the damage. One, two, three, four, five, six. So you have a breakthrough. In, and if I'm doing this right, and if I'm doing it wrong, I apologize. Uh, for those of you who listen to the GM Roundtable, I've, I've said that I'm not super clear on the, how the extended tests go. But in order to complete uh, the uh, to in order to complete this skills challenge, uh, you need breakthroughs and you need three break breakthroughs to okay. uh, complete this. And by taking out the third man, because you hit him with more than five points of damage, although let me double check and make sure he doesn't have any any armor Hmm. i guess it's the look of the draw it was turning the car was turning just as you started to shoot and you hit that guy good and hard uh sprayed him right across the chest and he it hit him so good that he went flying off the car rolling into the into the street uh down by the newsstand down at the end of the street a newsman you know the newsstand owner comes running out to check on this guy as you guys are are driving past and this is the third man. This is the third man. Orson Welles is now out of the picture. <laughs> so there's nobody firing on you. So to complete this challenge mm-hmm. in the next, I'm going to say two, two rounds, mm-hmm. you need to stop the car. You need to rescue Riddle and stop the car in the next two rounds. So that can be everybody opening fire. That can be Rob getting up into range and ramming into it. Um, it's up to you guys to figure out how you want to do that. But we're going to start the round off by getting rid of the third man. Who wants to go first in this round? You are at a medium distance from their car. Oh, and you're first. driving, you're driving down the street and uh, you have to turn the corner too. you see the, you see the, uh, the third man lying there on the street. It's obvious he's dead. There's a gun. You know, there's a machine gun next to him. People are starting to rush up and crowd around. People are checking you out. Uh, you see, you hear a woman scream. You hear uh, the little white dog bark. <laughs> what do you do, Rob? I'm going to push the vehicle to its limits to uh, try and catch up, get okay. my guys within range so they can do what they need to do. Okay. So what you are using then is hasty piloting. The vehicle moves in number of zones equal to its speed, which is three, which would move you into close range. All skill tests by the crew passengers are made at an extra difficulty until the start of the pilot's next turn. So that puts everybody at four. You are really putting the pedal to the metal, so to speak, and you are doing everything you can to catch up to the car. There's bicyclists in the street and you're having to weave around there. So there's a lot of jostling in the car left and right. Let's see if you can do this, Rob. It's uh, for you. It is a difficulty of two to do this if you succeed it will increase the difficulty for everyone else to three or i'm sorry two yeah it'll increase by one difficulty so if you're in close range everybody will still be at uh at three for this coordination and vehicles right 
coordination and vehicles, and you've got to focus in vehicles, cars specifically. Mm. Cars and aircraft. Yeah, but I'm pretty certain the are, ladder doesn't you're, really you're help flying. There. You're flying along, but I wouldn't say that this is an aircraft. Eh, I got the two successes. <laughs> All right, two successes. Uh, you pull up into close range, and you can see in the back, through the back window, it looks like Dean's Tog is doing something to the bookstore owner, Mr. Riddle, to keep him from getting out of the car or, or, or fighting back. It looks like you can see some kind of a green flash or something from the car. So that is Dean's Tog's move. Who would like to go now? Would I be able to draw and shoot? Sure. The minor action is to draw, and then okay. your major action is to shoot. I wonder if I could just, like, shoot and shoot at something that looks like... You can shoot at the car. You can shoot at a tire. You can shoot. You can do whatever. I'm going to tire shoot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, coordination plus fighting. Okay. It's a difficulty of two, even though that you're in close range. Right. Uh, because the car's moving. And then you have another level of difficulty because Rob just did his um, hasty piloting. As he's rushing up and avoiding pedestrians, there's a woman with a little uh, baby push cart walking out into the middle of the street and see uh, Bug Eater's eyes just go really big as he slams on the brakes really quick and swerves around the woman's uh, with the with the baby cart. Maybe mm -hmm. you hit a, uh, a pile of garbage or something, uh, Rob, and it just goes flying up behind your vehicle as you continue on to your path. And of course, that's shaking uh, Doc around as he pulls out his weapon and attempts to shoot at the fleeing Germans. So did you need three successes? Did Rob buy us any momentum? Uh, uh, no, because no, he no, got it. It was a two. He got it exactly. Yep. Yeah. Crap. But you can spend a momentum. We got two no. right now. I got to do three successes. Did we spend all of the momentum I generated on my initial roll? Yes. Dang. Because remember, uh, Brian needed to. Um, he rolled what four dice? Yeah. Yeah, we've had, to, we've had to use momentum just to match sure. the difficulty. Okay. So if if I take you one spend a fortune, you could spend one of your fortune. Oh, yes. And that will give me an extra die, won't it? Nope. No, it will no. give you an extra die. It'll give you one of your die. One, one of your success. 2d20s is an automatic success. Perfect. So, so you I could get a momentum to roll a second d2 or d20 mm -hmm. and um, hope that that you get a success off of those two dice rolls. Okay, that actually sounds like it might. Well, be he would get he would get two successes off of the fortune. Yeah, off of that it one. Yes. It into a one, and yeah, then right. he would. You, then you would either roll another die and hope that right. you get a third success, mm -hmm. or you could spend a momentum to roll two more dice. Right. I think I would like to try and spend a momentum because if we do this, I can buy a momentum back in theory. Sure. So if I have the two automatic successes from my fortune, you only need one more which would bring my fortune total down to two. So I'm updating that on my sheet. And then I go scoplamicus. I get two successes, which means right, so you get one momentum back. back. Beautiful. And I hit a tire, baby. You do. You hit, uh, you hit the, uh, you hit the hubcap of the tire Ping. and you can roll some damage. Uh, okay. and the, and the damage that you get to roll on this one, I believe is, uh, four dice. You can roll four damage dice. Okay. And each one of your, uh, effect dice will inflict another point of damage onto the vehicle. Four damage dice. So does that mean 40, 20? 46, 46. 46. Right. Pow, 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 pow. One, two, three, four, five. So you hit it for five. Pow, 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 pow. So you do three damage mm -hmm. to the car. Okay. 
and we get a momentum back. So our momentum pool is. I did add the momentum back. Okay, good. So I did three damage to the car. Mm -hmm. How much did we have to do? Do we know to to, like slow it? I mean, you don't know, but I will tell you that you're driving the exact same kind of car that, uh, that the Germans are driving Mm -hmm. and it has a stress of 14. Jump and fish hooks. So three is good, but not perfect. Right. Okay. All Actually, right. three is not that good since if it's the exact same car, it has three armor. Hi, oh. I'll be robbed today. Yes, I'm allowing. I'm allowing the oh, extra okay. damage to go through. Okay, because I was shooting for a wheel. Wheels aren't armored. Rob Rigo. So Montauk sees his uh, man fly off mm-hmm. uh, the side of the car. He is not a fan of that, so he is going to try to speed away from you with one success. So he is not able to get away from you. So you are still within the close range of, of the car, which brings us to Valentino Dutch. What are you thinking, I'm Brian? Trying. I'm wondering if I could, uh, try to spot something ahead. I can suggest bug eater to try to steer the car into, to slow him down. Okay. Have you ever been to Brussels? Um, no, Valentino? I don't think so. No. Okay. Have you ever seen a city laid out on the grid before? Sure. Yeah. I bet that if you crossed this bridge up ahead, you could probably get ahead of them. So you can roll and see. You'll need to do insight plus. Oh, insight plus reason. I'm sorry. Not insight plus reason. Um, Insight plus observation. All right. I'm willing to do that. Quick bug eater. Push him into the Royal Gallery of St. Hubert. (laughs) <laughs> uh what kind of uh a, just a difficulty of one all right i mean honestly i mean I'm not going to tell you guys what to do but you're all in close range now would be a good time for everybody to open fire oh, okay i'm still gonna do with this thing and okay so because uh with uh inside an observation yep. we're on uh, against a 16 Okay. Hey, ah, one success and one complication. Okay. <laughs> Sounds right. Classic okay. Brian. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So, uh, just because you have a complication, thinks. just because you have a complication doesn't mean you fail, but you have one success. So you can, you can suggest to, uh, the driver that there is probably a way to get ahead of them. If you cross that bridge, uh, because you notice that the road that they're going on starts to curve. And if we cross the bridge here, these points should meet up. Uh, and and keep us even closer to the destination. Maybe even ram them really hard from the side. Yeah. <gasps> Is there any chance I could uh, argue that instincts or sight focus could apply here to get a momentum on this as well? Uh, on your what observation? Yeah, I'll let you do sight. Sure. Okay. So that gives you two successes on that. Yay! <laughs> That'll generate a point of momentum. Uh, Rob, let me just ask you: Are you going to take his advice? Yeah, like Okay. Cool. So, uh you you get up to this this intersection and you yank the wheel hard left uh to go over this bridge and right there in the middle uh crossing the middle of the um uh bridge like he's, you know, uh, crossing from one side of the street to the other is an old man pushing a a food cart. Oh, no. And you guys smash right through it and the cart goes flying up in the air. The man goes flying up in the air. And you hear him as he lands as you guys speed off. Mein Sauerkraut! (laughs) Uh, Brian, roll me 
roll me for a complication. Roll me a will plus resilience. Okay. Uh, my <laughs> resilience is one. All right. So versus 11. All right. We'll just do this. Hey, oh, two successes. successes. Nice. Nothing else happens besides you have upset a sauerkraut dealer. <laughs> There's sauerkraut in your I river. have upset the kraut cart. You have upset the kraut cart. That is not good. Dutch. Are we getting back into close range with you them? Are, you are still getting in with close range of them. You are easily within close range. Thanks to this okay. shortcut, minus the cabbage damage. <laughs> um, I'm trying to see... Like I, I think my handgun is a better gun at this range. So four close. damage versus your handgun has four damage. Mm-hmm. They're basically the same. Well, except that the machine gun's inaccurate. Oh, yeah, it's inaccurate. So yeah, you cannot, um, you could not aim with the machine gun, but you could with your with your handgun. I will. What side are are, are they on? There are they on the passenger? Yeah. So you guys are coming close? up on them. So um, as you're coming up on the side because of the shortcut, the car is angled out of way that the passenger side front fender is coming up close into contact with the driver's side of the car. So you are probably the closest person to the car at this point, but you have not rammed into them or anything like that. But you are in the technically the closest proximity to what's going on dutch will just toss the machine gun into the back and uh say this old lady's got a little too much kick for me and pull out his handgun and basically i think he's gonna try to fire at the driver but um okay you know best case scenario he hits the driver secondarily if he can blow out his window that hopefully will be enough of a distraction to slow him down a bit. Okay. So this is going to be for you. Uh, you were within close range, so uh, you don't have a distance modifier, but you are still at a difficulty uh, two to hit uh, because of um, bug eaters uh, hasty maneuver. You guys okay. If I take a momentum for this. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Coordination and fighting 13 or less with, Three dice. Three successes. successes. And do you have anything with guns? Uh, handguns is uh, my gun focus. Okay, so what is your fighting? It's two, so I don't think it, like, the focus. Oh, yeah, would... no, you don't have a, you don't have a bone. You didn't get any other additional to that, so. Yeah, okay. so the, the focus would bring it up by two? It would, yeah, it would, instead of rolling a one, you could roll it one or two to get that, quote, unquote, critical success. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So 4D6 for damage. One, two, three, four, five, six damage. You can spend two momentum to try and hit the driver instead of the, uh, instead of the, uh, instead of the car. Sure. Okay. So you have to spend the two momentum. Okay. That takes everybody down to zero. And you, um, you take a blast at the car. And because you have more than, uh, than five damage on this, uh, you guys get another breakthrough here. That's not always the case, but here it is the case. So cool. you have taken out your second of three breakthroughs to get this skills challenge done. Uh, you guys, one round to go. We have one round to go, and that's interesting because we just completed that round. Bum, bum, bum. The car 
the the German car that is you are almost neck and neck with one another, right? There's people jumping out left and right uh, in front of the cars. You hear shopkeepers yelling, you know, the little uh, sidewalk merchants shaking their brooms at you. You see a, a person that has a another food stand at a grocery deli picks up a, a tomato and he throws it at your car because nobody likes uh, insane drivers, not even in the 1940s or 1930s. Uh, and uh, people are just, you know, freaking out about why are these these two maniac cars driving down our quiet little Brussels neighborhoods at breakneck speed? You are going to kill someone, uh, shouts one person as, as you drive by. Uh, we are at the top of the round. I'm going to do two things here. You've got one round to try and either get another breakthrough, which you can do by either taking out the car completely. Mm-hmm. You can, or doing at least six damage to something. To anything? Well, I mean, it could be to a person, right? I'll that do would, six damage would... to Rob. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, um, no Rob. So I'm, so I'm letting you know that, that you can do that breakthrough. You can try to cut off the car. You can try to ram the car and try to do extensive damage to it. I mean, you would really have to, uh, you guys might want to look really quick at your, your shortcuts and see what you can do to add extra damage via momentum or through threat. But what I want right now is for Rodrigo to roll a reason plus observation D one reason plus observation. That is only 10. Oh, we're not very reasonable, but I get two successes. Very good. You get one momentum out of this. You have been to Brussels before, and this neighborhood looks very familiar to you. You notice that the streets are starting to open up and be a little wider. You know, that there is a soccer stadium or football for the Europeans uh, coming up that perhaps that is the destination where they're going is that soccer stadium, because that's the direction they appear to be going very, very quickly. They don't appear to be trying to drive out of town in this case. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Brian, I need you to roll a will plus. Yeah. I'm a little afraid of what might happen if I fail this. So I think I'm going to go ahead and burn one of my, fortune oh oh <laughs> so we'll see what we get on the other die okay First 11 uh nothing so two successes <laughs> with the fortune uh nothing happens to you actually you know what uh nothing happens to you but <laughs> as <laughs> as you are driving by all of these people that are shouting at you uh, you notice one man just standing completely still in the middle of the street. Uh, just, you know, kind of standing at a, a loose attention, uh, almost like he is in a daze. And as you drive by, you look out the window and you see him and as his head is locking eyes with you and his head turns and follows you as your car drives by very, very quickly. <gasps> we are at the top of the final round. Who would like to go first? So are we still maintaining pace with them? You are still in close range with them. You are. Yes. Okay. Then I'm going to do everything I can to keep the vehicle steady. So as my compatriots can take their shots now. Uh, okay. Does that makes sense. Yes. You want to do what is called the careful piloting. The vehicle yeah, moves one. a number of zones equal to half its speed rounding up and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say you just match pace with them, but yeah. you reduce the difficulty of, oh, of any ter- terrain tests. You reduce the difficulty of that by one. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll say that you're careful piloting will reduce that overall difficulty by one. So we'll be back down into regular range for weapons attacks. Hey, 
Three successes. Nice. Three successes. Uh, very good. You're matching uh, pace with with them very, very nicely. Which side is this car on? You are on the driver. So the it's, uh, you are on the right side of their car. I'm sorry, the left side of their car. Okay. They are on our right side. Yes, they are on your right side. <laughs> Would they be perhaps close enough that Dutch could do something crazy like grab their steering wheel? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You are like the... Uh, driver's side is probably closely aligned with the back half of the rear pa- uh, the rear passenger side. Okay. <laughs> so they're, they're about a half, half a car length ahead of you. And since you are on the passenger side, or I'm sorry, the driver's side back seat for you to reach all the way across would be very complicated to do that. You could, you know, but you could try if you wanted to. Well, not me. I think I'm in the wrong position for that. Okay. But. All right. Oh, wow. This is not good. Uh, so you guys are, are running along at a very fast uh, pace, uh, neck and neck. Things are flying left and right. You're, you know, you see little dips and divots and the cars are bouncing up and down. Bug eater is trying to keep the car as, as uh, close uh, to the, the German car as he can. And then you see the back seat window roll down. And you see Dean's Tog's big, bulky uh, hand reach out and he throws a bolt of what looks like dark light is probably the best way that I can explain it. This like dark energy just emanates from his hand and it strikes the car. The car, Rob, takes four damage minus your minus your your armor. So I think that's only one. I think you've got a total of like three damage total to the car, but all of a sudden you hear this kind of knocking sound in the engine and your car is starting to lose a little bit of power. You're still able to keep pace, but where you were, where they were only half a length ahead of you. Now they're almost a full car length ahead of you and they're starting to pull away a little bit. We threw a rod. Who would like to go next? Well, while that, window is open and he's lightning at a mm-hmm. I could shoot him yep difficulty two now here's my question if I shoot mm-hmm. him could it be a breakthrough or am I wasting an effort it might I mean you know, he's in the back seat he's definitely right. not driving the car so right, 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 right. but when you did shoot at the driver I mean you shattered that window um, who was that mm-hmm. Dutch Dutch shattered that window okay yeah that was me yeah and what was it you said coordination plus fighting coordination plus fighting Okay, what's our momentum looking like? Two. I got a 12 on coordination plus fighting, gentlemen. I've been rolling that's good not, tonight. That's not terrible. I mean, I, I mean, so you can either spend another fortune and get two successes, which you need, and then right. roll a, 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 a D20 to see if you get any additional successes to mm-hmm. increase your momentum, but you are spending a fortune. You right. will be spending now, have spent two of your three fortune. Okay. And what if I run out of fortune in my life? Bad. You won't have any more fortune until yeah, I either award it to you bad. or that the quote unquote chapter ends. Yeah, just uh, I would I would say spend a momentum because okay. rolling under twelve is not that terrible. Like a sixty percent chance. Yeah. Yeah. So the cars are pulling away. You notice again that the street is opening up, and you can definitely now see the sign that says Stadia this yeah. way. And you can now see as as the cars are both turning the corner, you can see the the football stadium 
uh, ahead of you. Soccer stadium, for those of you who don't understand the difference between football and Estadia der Schutzenball. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to burn a momentum, and I'm going to shoot him. The driver, Montauk, Monday. Mr. Monday. Uh, the guy who just tried to Zorch us. Oh, okay. Well, he's in the back seat. Oh, well, so am I. Oh, good. Will that make I it think, easier or worse? I, I, I think I, you need to try to stop the car, because if the yeah, driver I, is still able to drive and the car is still able oh. to drive. Oh, yeah, I'll shoot the driver. You remember, uh, suddenly the 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 brigadier's um, uh, message suddenly comes back into you. We punch all Nazis or we shoot them. We incapacitate. Fine. I'm going to shoot to in, indecapitate. Mother puss bucket. You, yeah, only one success and you needed two. So you fire out and those bullets, uh, you know, just bounce harmlessly off. I mean, you see some paint scrape off. I mean, the uh, whoever owns this car is going to be really angry when they go to their uh their shop supervisor and the shop supervisor has to go out and find the matching paint and all of that stuff. Sorry. So yeah, he's, he's not, he's not super happy and neither is, uh, neither is, is Montauk. Uh, he is, is like, ah, he sees his destination is in sight and he is going to try and he's going to try to get to the, get to the, uh, to the football stadium. And oh, let me just check one thing. He does not. So uh, the car continues. He's not able to speed any further away from you. Then he is uh, uh, suddenly up ahead. You see two people carrying across the street, <laughs> a giant pane of glass. <laughs> and then just boosh, you guys just blow right through this giant pane of glass, scattering glass everywhere. Yeah. And those two guys are just standing there forlornly holding the frame of the, the big sheet of glass that you just broke. Okay. Uh, we've got Valentino and Dutch. Brian, you want to go last for, uh, I mean, I was just going to kind of climb out the window and shoot over the roof with the machine gun. If no one else is going to grab it. Oh yeah. Go for it. Okay. I'm not the best at shooting. (laughs) Okay. Uh, difficulty of two though. No, you don't. Uh, yeah, you have a difficulty of two. All right. Uh, and so coordination. Yeah. Coordination and fighting. If you're using the, uh, the submachine gun. Yeah, so coordination. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'll go ahead and spend another one of my fortune. Okay. So you get two successes, so you're going to hit. Uh, no, I'm just going to see if I can squeeze another success out of a die. Okay. No. You don't. That's okay. <laughs> you you hit the successes that you needed, so you didn't get any additional momentum. Uh, but roll some damage. 4d6, please. Uh, five? Oh, it's a little short. One, two, three, four. Yeah, you got five. So, uh, yeah, so the uh, vehicle takes even more damage, but it still continues on. You can see some smoke starting to come out of the engine a little bit. Uh, you can see the the engine backfires, you know, pow, and a big old puff of smoke comes out. Uh, anybody on the street probably would not know the difference between the backfire and the firing of your gun because there's so much stuff going on. But the uh, but the cars are almost at the gates of the, of the stadium, which leads us to. Dutch. Dutch Dutch will lean out of the window and mm-hmm. take a moment to line up his shot. Okay. So remind uh, me what aim does. So aim says that 1d20 may be re-rolled during my attack this turn. Okay. I can do that and as a minor no... action once per turn. Okay. Go right ahead. And then I'm going to spend a fortune. Okay. So you got two successes there. Spend that momentum as well, I'd say. 
And then I will spend a memento as well, Brian say. <laughs> Anything we can do. So I'm rolling two dice uh, under... Rich and fighting? Yep, under 13. And I get to reroll one of them. Mm-hmm. Wow, uh, I got so to four successes. You have four successes in here to go back into your momentum pool. And would you like to spend those two momentum to try to hit the driver? Or are you just going to try to hit the car again? Uh, yeah, let's try and hit the driver. Okay. So you'll need to roll your four D six and you'll need to, and you will spend those last two momentum. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wow. Okay. So you do get that final breakthrough, uh, by hitting, uh, Mr. Montauk, uh, pretty seriously as the, as the car enters the stadium and you see on the far side of the stadium, a giant Zeppelin has parked itself there at the at the far side of the of the field. And the cars are racing over there, but the car is obviously slowing down. I don't know if you guys are slowing down at the same time, but you get to the end of the, uh, the car's movement. Uh, it stops and cars badly damaged. Uh, Herr Deanstock jumps out and he grabs Herr Montauk. And is like, Herr Montauk, you are very injured. And uh, uh, Herr Montauk is like, we must get to the to the Zeppelin. And they are both kind of rushing. And they seem to have forgotten or purposefully left behind Mr. Riddle. But the car is now smoking very badly. What are you guys going to do? Yeah, I'll, I'll run out and try to get Riddle out. Okay. You rush over to the car and you fl- uh, fling it open just as the front of the the hood. Uh, somebody who who hit the hood of the car earlier with their bullet. Um, you must have penetrated the hood and hit an oil line or something because now just black smoke and flame is starting to erupt at the uh, at the uh, engine compartment of the car. You open the door and there is Riddle. He is badly wounded, either through stray bullet shots or he's been beaten by Deanstock. Uh, you notice that there is a weird kind of like, even though he was still wearing his, you know, his smock, his leather apron, heavy duty smock uh, over his body earlier when you met him, it's mm-hmm. like it's been burned through. And there is like a char all the way around that and a char on the center of his chest where his heart would be. Uh, I pull him out of the car. Okay. You have pulled Riddle out of the car. Deanstock and Montauk are rapidly, uh, Deanstock is uh, basically picked up Mr. Montauk and is carrying him as quickly as they can to the Zeppelin. And you hear the propellers start to spin up as the Zeppelin is getting ready to take off. Okay. I will. Hopefully somebody opens the door to the back seat. Yeah, that's where Mr. Riddle was at. Yeah. No, no, I mean, that. no, I mean, to our car. Our oh, wait, car. To, to your car. Okay. So I'll throw the, I'll throw him in whichever side is closest and I will tell Bug Eater, I'll like throw him in and like, Doc, patch him up. Bug Eater, let's get out of here. Oh, you're not even worried about the, the two Germans and their giant Zeppelin. I'm guessing that Zeppelin's full of Germans. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you, you, I guess, turn the car around and where are you going? Our place. You're going to drive all the way back to the uh, an hour south. We probably sh- could. Please, uh, please, he grabs you. Please take me back to the bookstore immediately. I must alert the others. Okay. And then you start to see the zeppelin flying over behind you as you guys are are driving the 
giant Zeppelin is now heading out of town and flying above you. Yeah, I'm going to shoot down the Zeppelin. <laughs> uh, you're the echo, the brigadiers, the brigadiers, uh, the brigadiers words echo back to you. Uh, try not to kill civilians. That would be very bad. <laughs> we were trying. Zeppelins are not civilian. Uh, uh, no, but blowing up a crashing. giant gas filled Zeppelin in the middle of a city is probably a very bad idea. If it was a military Zeppelin, it would be called Captain Zeppelin. Yes. <laughs> this one more looks like a, a, a Lieutenant Zeppelin. Lieutenant Zeppelin. Mm. Yeah. Dr. Zeppelin. Or maybe a Led Zeppelin. I don't yeah. know. Mm. Left, left Zeppelin. So there's a there's a very injured man in the back seat with you, Doc Hellion. Mm, I'm gonna very fix him. Yeah. So this is, I mean, you can perform first aid. You can certainly do that. Uh, but he's got. Um, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna try to do everything you can to just stabilize him. Uh, so if you want to stabilize him, you'll need to do coordination plus medicine at a difficulty of two. You need two successes for that. Coordination medicine at. A- Culty of two. I can do that. Okay. Bum, 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 bum. Did we burn our momentum? You yep. did. Maha. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, there's two successes. Hey, two successes. Oh. Very good. You can see Dr. Uh, Hair Riddle is just like, oh, 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 thank you. Thank you. We, please, though, we must get to the, we must get to the store quickly. All right, Bug Eater, just don't go down the same way we just came. Oh, yeah, you we're can gonna, hear, like, police sirens. Yeah, we're going to run to the gendarme. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically police. circuit around the city. See if I can't come back around. You guys rescued Mr. Riddle. Very, very good. Critical Hit, Punch All Nazis, is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment and was produced and edited by me, Steven Schleicher. If you would like to get a behind-the-scenes making of this episode, be sure to check out the GM Roundtable, the Octoon Cthulhu Edition, at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers. In each episode, I discuss my plans for the upcoming game session, and Dr. Bradley Will shares his reaction and advice on how to be a better game master. If you want to know more about Shoggoths, I would really suggest you take a listen to the H.P. Lovecraft's Dunwich Horror Dramatic Reading, done by Dr. Bradley Will. You can find the 10-episode tale on Apple Podcasts and other podcast outlets around the world. Again, it is the Dunwich Horror. This week, Mr. Riddle is a shout-out to our patron, Riddle. Thank you, Riddle, for your support of Critical Hit and Major Spoilers. If you, dear listener, would like your name to appear as an NPC in future episodes of Critical Hit, become one of our associate producers at patreon.com slash majorspoilers. Finally, we want you to record yourself doing your best on Critical Hit, and your voice will join the growing chorus of fans just like our friend Nicholas did in this week's Open. If you have any questions or comments, jump into the Critical Hit Discord channel. You can find a link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening, and here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. This podcast is copyright 2023 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.